And if you could take your Bibles and open them up to 1 Thessalonians, because we don't have pew Bibles with us this morning, I put the scripture up on the, uh, the screen. But I want to start this morning by telling you something that happened recently. Craig Davidson and uh, Bruce Galetta were up in Pike County. County. They're scouting out places for our opening day deer hunt coming up November 28th, just a little over a week. And as they were walking through the woods, they came upon a large black bear with her cubs. And immediately they began to walk away, but the angry bear began to run after them, and it was soon apparent that they weren't going to be able to outrun it. Terrified, Craig shouted to Bruce, Put up a prayer, Bruce. We're not going to make it. Bruce answered, I can't. I don't like to pray in public. <laughs> but you must, implored Craig. The bear is catching up to us. All right, panted Bruce. I'll say the only prayer I know, the one my father used to give at the table. <laughs> oh, Lord, for what we are about to receive, make, make us truly thankful. That's part two, by the way, of the ongoing saga of Bruce and Craig's hunting experiences that I started about three years ago. Listen, the aim this morning, here's my goal. Friends, this is so simple. This is a very simple message intentionally. And my goal this morning, let's learn, let's learn to be truly thankful people of God. I don't think we always are. Let's learn to be that. I'm going to teach you this morning how we can be that. Listen, I'm going to tell you this morning. I'm going to confidently tell you. Listen, here we go. I'm going to tell you what God's will is for your life. I'm that confident. I know I can. It's not a mystical, secret, shrouded will. It's plainly given to you in God's word. You don't need to stumble around in the dark trying to find God's will, here it is. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. There it is. I know you've been trying to find what God's will is for your career, whether you should marry that person or not, how many children you ought to have, if you should buy that house, invest in those stocks, I know you try to find that. That's a secret, shrouded, ambiguous, nebulous thing you're trying to find. Listen, God doesn't want to hide his will to you. He never does. He makes it so clear. His will for your life is to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, ceasing and give thanks in all circumstances. Are you disappointed? Does that disappoint you? You're kind of hoping maybe for some insight, some secret knowledge. Well, let me begin with those three. Let's break it down. This is so simple. To begin with, the Apostle Paul tells us that God's will is that we learn to rejoice always. Now, listen, are you like me? Aren't you like me? It's easy to rejoice when things are going well. When life has taken the road up, it's great. We can rejoice. We can be full of joy. And I'm sure that most of us can think of a time, though, that when our hearts seemed incapable of anything other than despair, confusion, sorrow, 
Yet even in those times, now listen, this is hard, people of God. Even in those times, God's telling us His will for you is that you learn to rejoice always. And that's kind of hard to swallow. Can I remind you, look at your text up on the screen or in your Bibles. These aren't suggestions. God's commanding them. He never ever will ask you anything. You know that, right? A sovereign king doesn't ask. He tells you the way that you must live. He tells me the way that I must live. And what he says, first of all, his command is, we've got to rejoice always, but you've got to know this. God's not really interested in us being phony Christians. You know, put a happy face over a sorrow-filled heart. There's a lot of Christians that do that. You ask them, how are you doing? And they put that grin and bear it look on their face. That's not what God's asking. He wants you to be real. He's an authentic God. But he says, rejoice always. How do we do that? Well, number one, it's not a feeling of happiness. Rejoicing always isn't God commanding you to be happy with your emotions. It's an attitude. It's a mindset of joyfulness. And it's the persuaded mind. Listen, I'm going to tell you, how do you rejoice always even when things are going hard? Here it is. It's a mind that is persuaded that God is utterly sovereign and always good. If you don't know that, and if you don't believe that, and if you don't trust that, you will not be able to rejoice always. When you know God is sovereign, there's nothing that happens in your life apart from the sovereign hand of God, and that nothing happens in your life from His hand that is not perfectly good. When you understand that and believe that, you will be able to rejoice always. This is only possible for a Christian. Friends, our unbelieving friends cannot rejoice always. There's nothing in them that can. Well, I know happy unbelievers. Well, I do too. But they can't have joy that is persuasion of God's sovereignty and His goodness. It's not possible. It's only possible for the people of God. And it's only possible when the people of God maintain their belief that everything that God gives you or doesn't give you, allows or doesn't allow, is for your highest happiness and deepest joy. Friends, it's simple. If God hasn't given it to you, if He hasn't allowed it, you could not be happier for it. Do you believe that? Honestly, do you really believe that? Listen to what the the psalmist says. No good thing does God withhold from those who walk uprightly. You know, this very verse allowed one of our heroes in this Standing in the Gap series, George Mueller. I've been talking about him. It allowed George Mueller, listen to this, to maintain his joy even when his beloved wife of 39 years, Mary, was dying of rheumatoid fever. Rheumatic fever. He wrote this, If it is really good for me, my darling wife will be raised up again. Sick as she is, God will restore her again. If it's really good for me. But if she is not restored again, then it would not be a good thing for me. And so my heart was at rest. I was satisfied with God. Mueller was able to rejoice even when his wife was dying. He had such a trust 
and God's sovereignty and God's goodness that even the death of his 39-year marriage could not dissuade him of it. He was persuaded. He learned to rejoice always. You know, I've been deep-sea fishing one time in my life. Some of you, a lot of you, I think, have been deep-sea fishing. And it was nearly ruined. That day for me was nearly ruined when I became seasick. And all of a sudden, a deckhand explained to me that the motion of the boat and the motion of the water that I was staring at while I was fishing was confusing the balance system in my body, and it was making me nauseous. So he said, listen, I want you to stare at the railing of the boat. And I did. And sure enough, the sickness began to fade away. When you focus, when we focus and stare at the sovereign goodness of God, our rejoicing can endure life's ups and downs. Is that where you're at? Listen, I'm calling us out, us, all of us. I'm calling us out to obey the will of God, learn to be a people that rejoice in our God and know his sovereign goodness. But Paul goes on, look at the second thing. He says, not only rejoice always, pray without ceasing. Now, I don't know what conjures up in your mind. When you think of praying without ceasing, maybe you've got to quit your job and don the robes of a monk. I don't know what you think of when you think of prayer without ceasing. But what it is, what it's not, is eye closed, eyes closed, head bowed, praying 24 hours a day. That's not what it is. Here's what it is. It's constant communication with God. When your heart is full of joy toward a person, marriage, listen, married couples or people who love one another, all of us, when your heart is full of joy toward a person, conversation takes a life of its own. You don't, you don't stumble through awkward silences in your conversation. Not when your hearts are filled with love. And you want to check in throughout the day. You want to bounce ideas off of them. You want to hear from them. There's a longing that grows in your heart when you're, you're in absence from that person. Well, in a relationship with God, it's the same thing. These same dynamics are present. To pray without ceasing is to have a flow of spiritual text messages to God and back from God throughout the day. And they're not usually requests. I was pulling out of Jack Templeton's the other day. I had my truck and I had my trailer and I had put a set of keys on the edge of the trailer while I was loading the truck. And I'm getting ready to pull out. I was out in his yard and I was going to go through the field. And right when I began to turn the wheel of the truck, I looked in my mirror and there were my keys precariously balanced on the edge of that trailer. What was my first response? It erupted in thankfulness that my sovereign good God showed me where those keys were because I never would have found them. Simple. Yet it's constant flow of communication between our hearts and God, not on a stone floor kneeling by your bed 24 hours a day. As you walk throughout your day, your, your heart is lifted up to God. His heart is inclined to yours. There's a conversation between two people who love each other so much. Let me ask you a question, and I'm going to give you actually about 30 seconds to think. You think of the answer to this question. Listen, if God gave you everything you asked for this past year, now listen, 
If God gave you everything you asked for this past year, how would the kingdom of God be any different? 30 seconds. Close your eyes and think of that. If God gave you everything you asked for this last year, how would the kingdom of God be any different? you talking to God about? What consumes your life of prayer? Is it for things in this world only? Or do they have dividends in eternity? We're to rejoice always. We're to pray without ceasing. But then Paul says that when you believe that God withholds no good thing and you maintain constant conversation with him throughout the day, you're going to be able to give thanks In all circumstances, I just shared something from George Mueller, our other hero of the faith, Corey Ten Boone, that we've been referencing through this series, the Standing in the Gap series. Let me tell you about her. Corey Ten Boone survived a Nazi concentration camp. And her sister Betsy insisted all throughout that horrific experience. She insisted that 1 Thessalonians 5.18 was God's will for them. But the camp was filthy and even worse... There were fleas everywhere. And Betsy would say to Corey, Corey, give thanks for the fleas. But giving thanks in a flea-infested place seemed unrealistic to Corey until Betsy began to point out that the guards didn't come into their barracks. They were allowed to pray out loud. They were allowed to study the Bible. They were allowed to sing hymns because the fleas kept the guards away. The prisoners were free to worship. God did many great things in the midst of that concentration camp. And even in the midst of flea-infested filth, They found a way to give God thanks. But take a note here. I want you to see this. Look at the text. Paul doesn't say give thanks for all circumstances. Look at, he says, give thanks in all circumstances. Listen, don't thank God for the devil. We don't thank God when our children rebel against him. We don't thank God for acts of terrorism. But in all circumstances, know that our good, trusting, sovereign, loving God is at work. It's an attitude that results in joyful living that is anchored by constant prayer. Tomorrow morning, Monday morning, you might sleep through your alarm. And you're going to get up and you might be hurrying to school. You might be hurrying to your class at college. You might be hurrying to work and you can't find what you need for the day. And what's usually coming out of our mouths? What's erupting from our hearts? Anxiety? Complaining? But an attitude of rejoicing can even permeate then because you rest on God's sovereignty and goodness. He's not surprised that you slept through your alarm. It didn't catch him by surprise. And even in this, an attitude of thankfulness that God is with you, his favor is for you, his grace is working in you. What matters for eternity is how you trust, how you behave, how you live in the midst 
of that little micro-crisis on a Monday morning? Can you be thankful in every circumstance? Friends, I wish I could, but I can't. I wish I could climb into each of your hearts and just walk with you through these circumstances. I wish you could do that for me. Wish we would learn to be a family where no one goes through struggles alone, where we drop down barriers and quit being so prideful. I wish we would learn to do that. Maybe we will, but if I were to be able to climb inside your heart, God's already there. What's he seeing? Are you able to give thanks in all circumstances? Listen, here's your key. It's the will of God. If you learn to rejoice always, knowing your sovereign good God loves you, and maintain a conversation with him throughout the day, you will learn to give thanks in everything. Everything. You want to know what God's will for you is? Listen, don't, don't think that you've got to come to a, an intersection with five choices and you sit down waiting for God to magically tell you which one. He doesn't operate like that. It's relationship. You want to know what his will is? He's told you plainly. It is to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, and guess what? You will know the path that you should take. He will provide that information for you when he is ready. Amen? How are you going to celebrate Thanksgiving this year? How are you going to celebrate Thanksgiving as the people of God? Instead of celebrating everything on this earth only, go through that. Celebrate God's goodness to you. And that's what we're doing this morning. We're about to hear testimonies. We're about to have... You give testimonies. I know, I'm telling you right now, I hear this all the time. Some of you are absolutely mortified and terrified to stand up, especially when we put a microphone in front of your face, because you have to, you can't hear in this auditorium. I know you're scared, a lot of you. But I'm going to ask if God has put on your heart to declare His praises, boast in Him, to declare His goodness to you, I'm going to ask, just trust Him. We are among family. Nobody, believe me, nobody's going to judge you for what you say because they don't want to be judged for what they say. Get up fearlessly and wait for one of the men with the microphones to get over there. And we want to hear what God's doing in your life. One to two minute snapshots. And let me pray and then Bob Briggs is going to come up here. Lord, I pray, Father, that you will teach us how to be your, your people Lord, who live after your will. God, who learn to rejoice always, learn to pray without ceasing, and learn to give thanks in all circumstances. And Father, we need your help to do that. God, would you help us with that? Lord, some of our church family is going through horrific, difficult times. Some with illnesses and sicknesses, some with their children some with jobs that they cannot find, some with not being able to make their ends meet, some with family that has rejected them. God, there are so many struggles in this church. Lord, may we learn to rejoice, pray, and give thanks and to come alongside one another and help. Lord, for the testimonies and the testifying and the praising and the boasting that is about to be offered up to you, may you be honored and glorified, pleased, 
with what you hear. And may it strengthen our faith. It's in your name we pray. Amen.